It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. On today's show, I'll be answering your voicemails about the Thunder's offseason. Tomorrow, we'll dive into Dennis Schroeder in his sixth man of the year snub and talk all about the NBA postseason. On Thursday, I will present to you the case to not tank for the Oklahoma City Thunder this offseason. And on Friday, we start to dive into this polarizing NBA draft. So again, I do appreciate all of you tuning in to Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. And this is our first ever voicemail episode. So if you want to leave a voicemail, you can do so anytime with your question, your comment, uh, take, whatever you want to leave at 405-362-7128. That's 405-362-7128. So we're going to play each voicemail first, and then I'll respond to all of the voicemails after you hear what they have to say. First up from the 918, Jake from Oklahoma City, your thoughts on tanking versus not tanking. This is Jake from Oklahoma City. Uh, so my question is, what would you rather Presti do in regards to the future of this team? I think I already know what it is. I think you're kind of more for tanking, but it's getting into uh, not an argument, but a discussion with some coworkers about how since Presti has so many assets now that he could potentially just trade them away uh, and sort of form, uh, you know, a la Boston Big Three or kind of like what he did with Paul George and Mello. I mean, obviously, I think we would – Hope that it would turn out better than that, but I guess what is your thoughts on? I guess what do you think is the better route? Uh, maybe just taking for a few years and hoping those draft picks land, or would you rather maybe just trading those picks now for proven talent, or maybe it's a mix of the two? Uh, yeah, I'd be really interested to see kind of where you lean on that and kind of what your answer is. So thank you, I appreciate it. So I appreciate the call, Jake. I. Talked about this a little bit on Friday about tanking versus not tanking. And as you said, you've kind of heard me talk about this before. Uh, For me, uh, it's where Sam Presti is in a win-win situation. I mean, you can go all in with tanking. I think that every Thunder fan would eventually, no matter what side you fall on, be totally fine with it and understand that that's a great course of action. Uh, And then any time that you're going to sell a fan base on competing, they're, of course, going to get on board with that. For me personally, the reason why... I think this team should tank. The reason why I think this team should, um, you know, tear it down, trade Chris Paul, uh, trade Dennis, trade, you know, try to sign and trade Gallinari if possible, and, and trade Stephen Adams, who I think is going to be an asset to move. I know that uh, he had mixed reports from the postseason, uh, and it's looking like, you know, there's not really a good matchup for him, and, and the NBA is trying their hardest as a league to transition 
team building away from traditional bigs like Steven Adams. I will say that his value for Adams becomes uh, with the fact that teams want to be players in the 2021 free agency, and he's an expiring contract. And so if they can dump off uh, longer, you know, long-term money with assets to Oklahoma City and get back Steven Adams, who is a borderline all-star player for the regular season, who can get you those wins in the regular season, who can do the dirty work for you that your superstars don't want to do. If they can get that back and in return, uh, they just have to give up a couple draft picks and long-term money that they want to shed anyway. Uh, that way they can go and try to sign a Giannis. They can go and try to sign uh, a Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, uh, you know, and, and the like then that's what they're going to do. So I think that Steven Adams has value. I think that Chris Paul has value. And, and the reason why you, you tank, if you're Oklahoma City, is that, number one, uh, you know you can't get any free agents. Number two, uh, as you mentioned, a bit risky to to go in that trade market because if you can't get free agents, you're also not going to resign guys. And you did resign Paul George, but we, we saw that that story ended poorly. And who knows what happens with the next guy you trade for? What if you trade for... Bradley Beal, is it going to end the same way? We don't know, and that's kind of the fun of it. I will say, though, um, if you don't tank this year, if you run it back and you try to improve this team, you're shortening the Shea window, right? Because if you make a trade and it doesn't work out, okay, it ends just like Paul George, where you're you're disappointed with the ending of the Paul George trade. At the time, you're super excited. you got Paul George for Victor Oladipo and DeMontis Sabonis. You're, you're over the moon at the time. You fast-forward how it ended – pretty disappointed. If that happens again, okay, if you if you go out and make that trade again, uh, a trade for a player like Paul George to add to this team, and this team uh, who, you know, fails again or doesn't get out of the first round or doesn't get out of the second round or doesn't get, get to the point you want them to get to, uh, you are going to have to tank. And once you start having to tank, at that point, you're what, two years down the line, three years down the line, whenever that trade boils over, because you're not going to trade uh, top assets for a, for a rental, I don't think, with this team. You would at least trade and try to coincide it with, with Chris Paul's contract. Uh, so uh, if you delay the tanking window is what I'm saying here. If you delay the tanking window, uh, then all you're doing right there is hurting yourself in terms of capitalizing on Shea. Because Shea is locked into Oklahoma City for the rest of this rookie contract. He's going to be locked into Oklahoma City for that restricted free agent contract. So he's got, you know, you've got nine years with these rookies. And the Clippers used up one, and you just used up one this year. You're going to spend, you know, we think, what, one or two years tanking? So then you're going to use up four of the nine. If you try to go for it and, and you try to make a trade right now, then you use up two more, so that gets you to that four more number again, and it doesn't work, then you need two more to, to start tanking again. And then that, that brings you up to six of the nine. And you see where I'm going with this. You're just kind of delaying the – what I think would be inevitable. I think that even if you, even if you run this team back with Dennis, with Gallinari, with Chris Paul, these guys are old. You know, outside of Shea and Baisley and Dort, these guys are old. So you're going to need to tank anyway. You might as well start that process right now, than in the future, and and capitalize on that window. So uh, there's no wrong answer here. Again, if you're on the side of uh, of going for it, you're never going to have a hard time selling a fan base on trying to compete. And I do think that this fan base is ready to rebuild. And that's helped by what we just saw in the playoffs. And I don't mean the loss. I mean, we saw this team compete. We saw what Baisley can do. We saw what Dort can do. We saw to a lesser extent what Shea can do uh, in the postseason. We've seen that the pieces are there. Now it's time to go capitalize on those pieces with the tank. 
and we, we got our fun this year that we didn't expect to have, and now it's time to kind of bring us back down to a tank and get reloaded. So for me, I'm tanking, but I will concede that uh, there is a, a path to to buy in and to try to go for it, which is why we're going to spend uh, Thursday's show talking about that because I do want to present the other side of the tanking argument. But for me, uh, not tanking whenever your core is Kalinari, Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, uh, and, and if you want to throw Stephen Adams in there as well, uh, then you're just delaying the inevitable. So eventually in that nine years of Shea, you're going to need to tank. I would rather tank now and capitalize on the back end of Shea than to go for it with a core that might or might not work out in terms of really competing. I would rather trade these guys that have high trade trade value right now and say thanks for the memories and let's go into this rebuild and capitalize on that back end of the of the Shea contract where he's locked in to Oklahoma City. He could stay, he could resign at that nine-year window, but the only thing that you're guaranteed as a small market is that nine-year window. That's the only thing you're guaranteed. So take advantage of it and start that process right now. The other side of that coin is the draft is a crapshoot. The draft is totally up in the air. You are literally relying on a lottery system to uh, see where you land. A lottery system that's now a lot more fair uh, in the sense of you don't have to be the worst team. So there's not, you know, even if you're not the worst team, you can still get that top pick. You saw the Pelicans leap up. Uh, you, you've seen this over and over again in the last two years uh, where the uh, odds have been changed. You don't need that very bottom of the barrel pick. And again, even if you have them one overall pick, it's not a guarantee. Although I do think that people should feel comfortable with Sam Presti making that decision. He's not going to draft an Anthony Bennett at number one overall. Uh, but the other side is that, that draft picks are not guaranteed. So why not trade some of those 14 future first round picks for a guaranteed, bona fide, proven star? If you could get a Bradley Peel with this team, if you could get something like that. But again, I would wonder who's trading away uh, that star because you're going to need another star to compete. No matter if you draft one, trade for one, whatever. Who's trading away a star for just picks? No NBA player. And if they're going to want an NBA player back, you only have three of note. You know, three that, okay, let's just take Bradley Beal, for example. I know Bradley Beal has loved Washington. He's saying all the right things about wanting to stay in Washington. But just as an example, let's take Bradley Beal. The Wizards, if they trade Bradley Beal, would want picks and a young asset. You have three young assets. Do you want to part with Baisley? Do you want to part with Dort or Shea? I don't. So that's that makes my decision to 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 tank even more you know, easy. Another easy decision is by going to rockauto.com. Uh, rockauto.com is an amazing selection. Reliably low prices at the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Listen, it's so easy that even I can do it. I know nothing about cars. Never have, never will. Cars are just not my thing. But I do know if my car ever needs any sort of part, I can go to rockauto.com and find it because I don't need to know about cars. I don't need to know about what's compatible with my vehicle, what's going to fit in my vehicle. I don't have to worry about any of that. I just have to put in my make, my model, my year, and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my car, which is a lifesaver for people like me who don't know. I, I simply would not know. You could sell me anything 
for my Honda Santa Fe, I would believe you that it goes in there because I just do not know how to fact check you. And that's why RockAuto.com is not going to rip you off. They're only going to show you parts that are compatible with your car and you're not going to be wasting money. And another way you waste money is by going to dealerships or auto parts stores in your local you know, residency. Not going to work out. They're going to upcharge you for these parts. They're going to order the parts online then upcharge you for them. Skip the upcharge. Go to RockAuto.com because RockAuto.com is a fantastic website, a family-owned business doing uh, selling you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right. 20 years of rockauto.com. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So it's time for our second voicemail of the show from the seven three one. Ryland, love the school, the 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 show that you do. Uh, I've been keeping track of uh, each episode. I think you're right on the money on 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 most all of your stuff. A uh, couple questions, mostly about the off season. If the Thunder decide to re-sign Danilo Gallinari and bring back Dre and try to reload and take one more shot with Chris Paul after a positive postseason experience, who is somebody the Thunder could use their draft capital and contracts on to bring in as another score, and what does this team need to contend? And then my second question is, if the Thunder can work a sign-and-trade for Danilo, where do you think he could go, and what do you think they could get in return? Like I said, you're doing a great job. Uh, love the show. Listen all the time. Uh, talk soon. So a lot of that was interesting. All of that was interesting. I'm going to start with the Gallo thing. Uh, sign-in trades are hard to predict. Um, I do think that there would be a pathway for a sign-in trade, especially considering uh, the cap plummeting, especially considering all that's happening right now with that salary cap and, and what teams around the league are looking like. I would I would definitely think a sign-in trade is doable. Uh, with the thing about that is I don't know what the Thunder could get back in return for a sign-in trade of Gallinari. It, it really just depends on the team that that's involved with, and we'll get a clearer picture on that later down the line. So, on the sign and trade front, I will say I do think it's it's incredibly doable, uh, but I'm not going to sit here and act like I have the outline for that or um, even what I think would be acceptable uh, for the Thunder to get out of it because truly anything in a sign and trade would be great for Gallinari. Uh, so uh, I'm not going to try to project one, but I would put it even in the likely category that it will likely happen, a sign and trade for Gallinari. So your question about the draft and what this team would need to contend is an interesting one. Uh, because I think that that's where the tanking versus not tanking conversation has to start. Because if you're not tanking, you're saying this team is somewhat good enough. You're saying this team is somewhat good enough to contend. So where can they add? Where can this team add if they're not going to tank? Um, I would say that they need another bucket getter because we saw Gallinari in the postseason. Uh, not a true bucket getter. He's not someone who can create for himself. He's not someone who can uh, handle the pressure or, or the defense of the half court setting of the postseason when the focus is on him as a, as a secondary option, you've got to bump Gallo down that list of scores. So you've got Chris Paul. 
I think next year you're going to have Shea in that you know second option role if you get to a playoff setting. you know Again, let's work under the assumption that this whole team is back next year. I think next year Shea would be ready to be that second or third score, so that bumps Gallo down to about fourth. You would need someone who you can absolutely depend on getting you a clutch bucket. You would also need someone uh, defensively because right now I feel really good about Lou Dort, and some of you uh, have not enjoyed my positivity about Lou Dort saying that he is going to be uh, one of the best defenders ever, the best defender ever in the NBA's history. When it's all said and done, I will counter that with, look, he's only a rookie, and he's locking down one of the most prolific scores we've ever seen in James Harden, someone who is has made a living off of embarrassing uh, top defenders in this league, someone who has tricked defenders and and and. and you know, loop them into fouls and gotten his way with every defender in the world. He couldn't do that with Lou Dort. Someone who in this series of the Lakers, Mark Jackson said, I don't think there's a player in the world who can go one-on-one with James Harden. That's how good he was against the Lakers. He was not saying that whenever it was Harden versus Dort. He already forgot about Lou Dort's performance. Lou Dort is legitimately a great defender, and he's going to be one of the best, if not the very best, we've ever seen. But you do need someone to help him out. We saw Shea in the bubble show some potential defensively, especially at times in that postseason, but at times in that postseason series, he also looked terrible defensively. We've seen Darius Baisley show flashes of what he can be defensively, but again, I would not rely on him being a good or great defender. Andre Robertson, what can he provide if he's back and if he's on this team again uh, and with a full year of working back into a basketball groove? I would say... I don't think that he'll get back to that elite defender role. So you need a bucket getter, and you need a a, a defensive stopper to con- to contend. If you're going to run this team back as is right now, you would try to find a way to add a bucket getter and a defender. Depth would all would also be very good, but once more, bucket getter, defensive stopper. Now in the draft, I will say, and we'll talk about this more as we get into the NBA draft on Friday. The draft right now has a and has had this whole season a a bad outlook on it. People have been saying how it's a weak draft class and you don't want picks in this draft and yada, yada, yada. It's it's a weak draft class if you're the Knicks, if you're the Bulls, if you're the Timberwolves, if you're a team in the in the high lottery, it's a weak draft class because there's, there's no you know, real franchise-changing guy or someone who you look at and say that can absolutely be the difference in my franchise. There's no Zion. There's no Luca. There's no Jaw. There's no Trey Young. There's nothing like that. However, there are a ton, and I mean a ton of guys, who I look at and say that's an NBA veteran in some capacity. That's an NBA NBA veteran. That's a starter in this league. That's a role player in this league. That's a top of the line bench guy in this league. That's someone who hangs around the NBA for a long, long time. They have a lot of those guys. A lot of those role players whether that is a career starter who never makes an all-star team but is a great starter, a great bench guy, uh, or just someone that clings around in the NBA. They have a lot of NBA-caliber players in this draft. So they also have a lot of older players in this draft, You know, guys that spent three years in college, two years in college, four years in college, guys that, that are ready to compete and ready to add to this team uh, right now, add to an NBA roster right now, which is why it's almost better to have a late first-round pick than an early first-round pick this year because I think that there are truly a ton of guys who can be instant impacts in the NBA, just not instant or ever franchise-changing impacts in the NBA, which is tough luck for teams like the Knicks and things like that. So you look at this draft class, I think that there's a lot of, for example, um, Brandon Clarks. Brandon Clark is someone who immediately made an impact with Memphis this year. 
won the Summer League MVP, carried that into to the regular season, got the Grizzlies to the eighth seed. Of course, they did the, the play-in crap, and that's where uh, the, the Memphis Grizzlies fell out of the play-in game and couldn't beat the Blazers and, and could not get to the first round of the playoffs. But but Brandon Clark, who got traded for Darius Baisley, Brandon Clark was ready right away to have a big role in Memphis and handle a big role in the NBA. Darius Baisley was not ready right away to have a big role in the NBA. He was ready, though, by the end of the season and by the postseason, and I do think that Darius Baisley has a much better um, outlook on his NBA career than Brandon Clark. I think that's a coin flip, though, of who's going to be the better player. But personally for me, I'm taking the 20-year-old who was a New Balance intern and not the, what is what is Clark, 23-year-old, the four-year starter at Gonzaga, wherever he came from. I'm taking Darius Baisley and his growth potential over a 23-year-old, soon-to-be 24-year-old, Brandon Clark, out of Gonzaga. They were traded for each other, but the difference is this draft class is a lot of Brandon Clarks who are ready right now, who are 23 years old, 24 years old, ready to make an impact right now, uh, than projects like Baisley or game changers like Zion, Jaw, Luca, things like that. So the sweet spot of this draft is Brandon Clark. It's guys like that who are going to be impact right away, but also have a low ceiling. And for a team, if, if the Thunder want to run it back, this draft class sets up nicely for that. So they could add a a pivotal role player, whether, that, whether that's their bucket getter or their shooter or the defender. They The draft could be a pathway for this team to better themselves when they try to run it back. If they do try to run it back, which I don't think that they should, I don't think that they will. If I was betting money right now, I'd bet that the Thunder tank. But if we want to go down this path of what happens, the draft is a good place to start. And then you look at who you could trade for. And again, the trading aspect of things becomes a lot more difficult because who's accepting only picks? If we all think that Dort, Baisley, and Shea are off the table in a draft, who's accepting only picks? Because you have nothing else at that point to offer somebody for a proven NBA star other than picks. And who's accepting only picks? Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese food, they want pizza, and someone is craving Froyo. There's something for everyone at DoorDash. Continue supporting your local restaurants and your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for, for delivery on DoorDash, and they need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants for so long, and now they're counting on you. And while your dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is an app that brings you food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is easy. Order DoorDash uh, on the DoorDash app and choose what you want to eat and your food will be left safely outside your door with their new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app and select your favorite local restaurants and your food gets left right outside your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless and keep your communities running and operating in a safe manner. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees with your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Continuing along here, I want to get to two more voicemails before we get out of here. And we're going to start with the 860. How's it going, Ryland? Uh, My name is Mario Malave. I'm all the way from uh, Newington, Connecticut. Uh, Huge fan of the show, huge fan of you. You do such a great job. Um, But anyways, all I wanted to say was uh, I wanted to ask if you think that OKC and what they've done to acquire all their picks can be compared to the Boston and Nets trade because they have so many first-round picks and they can do so many more things. They can trade for a superstar, in my opinion. I think that's what they can do if that's the route they want to take. They can they can use the picks, trade up, and take a lottery player, get a lottery pick. I just want to know um, where where you're at with all this, how how you think OKC should go about it, because I know you, you think that they should trade Schroeder and Paul, and you think that everyone's at the peak of their uh, trade value. And I just wanted to know, even though they don't play competitive basketball for the, you know, the short term, however long this tank, plans out after this season. I just wanted to know what what they should do, how you think they should go about it. So, thank you. So, the Oklahoma City Thunder are in a very interesting position right now because uh, I do think that this can be viewed as a Boston and Nets situation here. I will say that it might not be for the reason uh, that a lot of people think because you look at the two teams that they traded with, okay? They traded Paul George to the Clippers uh, and got a massive haul. And I understand that it was not only for Paul George. That was for the right to sign Kawhi. That was his demand as he needed Paul George there to sign. So he had to do whatever he had to do to get Paul George there. That way he could sign Kawhi Leonard. They have not looked good in the postseason. They faced Luka and KP a total of one and a half games combined. And that series gets pushed to six. They are lazily going through the Nuggets series so far, and we'll see what they can do later on tonight in this series. And that game is tied 1-1, uh, you know, and they really got the benefit of taking on the, the Nuggets after a just grueling Game 7 against the Jazz. The Nuggets just did not have it in Game 1. They responded well in Game 2. Uh, now, the, now, the Clippers are good enough that can they just flip it on? Can they just flip that switch, turn it on, and be the team we expect them to be? Paul George is gaining a little bit of momentum in the postseason, which is something he's not done his whole career, so that's good for them. But if this team has a two-year window, and that's the only guarantee the Clippers have, is as that they have Kawhi and Paul George for this playoff season and for next season. And in 2021, those guys can both leave. Or whatever the case may be. They could both resign also, but they could both leave in 2021 free agency. If you got Shea, Gallinari, and all those picks, and the Clippers get bounced by the Nuggets somehow, or they don't make the NBA Finals this year, or they don't get the Finals next year, you're going to come away, if you're the Clippers, feeling a bit disappointed. And you also can't really tank if Oklahoma City has your picks. 
Same thing with the Rockets. If you could have beat the Rockets in the first round, they had no direction with their franchise. Now, they're probably going to run it back now because they did get to face the Lakers, and they'll say, well, it was LeBron and AD. We're fine. We didn't have Russ. He wasn't healthy. Uh, He was up and down that series, whatever. But the Rockets have no direction because you own their picks and their pick swaps. When this run ends here of Russ and James Harden, you know, even if they tank, if they get a better pick than you, you can just swap with them. The Thunder are in a great position right now, and it, and they can make either the, the Rockets or the uh, or the Clippers look like the Celtics and Nets trade. It really can. So that's a good sign. As far as the rebuild, they have a ton of flexibility. They really do. I will say, number one, if they decide to tank, okay, you're right in the sense of they have the assets that if they fall in love with a guy, if they just fall in love with a prospect in these next two classes, which are incredibly loaded. I mean, each of these next two draft classes have a ton of talent and not in the way that 2020 class does, in the way that, you know, the Luka draft class does. I mean, there's a lot more Lukas and, and Jaws and Zions coming up than there are just typical NBA role players. It's it's amazing that this is broken out this way for the Thunder, but projection-wise, 2021 class, 2022 class, those guys are going to be studs. And again, to put that in perspective, a lot of you around Oklahoma know about Cade Cunningham. I've studied what he's done in high school and how good of a player he is because he's going to Oklahoma State. That guy's like seven. The consensus around Cade Cunningham is he's like the seventh guy in that 2021 class. And a lot of us, including myself, love Cade Cunningham, and he's seven. That's how loaded the draft classes are. So you're right in the sense of the flexibility for the for trading up. You have 14 future first round picks. If you love somebody, you're going to be able to 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 you know package your pick that year with a future first round pick uh, and this that the third and, and go up and get that guy who you're just absolutely in love with. If you don't think he can fall to you, so you're totally on the money there. You also have the flexibility in the draft of drafting any position. What position does Shea play? Shea can, I think Shea can play on the ball if you give him the time to learn that position, which if you're tanking next year, you would have the time to allow him to learn the position of point guard and, and be a full-blown point guard. He's also proven he can be a secondary ball handler. He can play off the ball. So Shea can fit around any guy, in my opinion. I've said that since May. Shea is the perfect rebuild piece because you don't you don't need to lock him into a spot. Look, Luka Doncic is phenomenal, and this is a great problem to have for Dallas, but he needs the ball. You can't get a point guard. You can't get a stud point guard with with Luka. He needs the ball. He needs to make plays with the ball in his hands. It's why they tried it with Dennis Smith Jr. It didn't work out, and you ended up flipping that into Kristaps Porzingis because the Knicks have no idea what they're doing, but still, he needs the ball in his hands. And look, I'd much rather have Luka than Shea, as much as I love Shea. Luca, without question, is much better. I'm using him as an example of he needs the ball. That's the role he's in. He does it in, in a beautiful way. He is phenomenal. He's a great player. But Shea can be a great player also, and he can do it in a multitude of ways to where you can draft whoever you want. You can trade for whoever you want because Shea, in my opinion, is going to conform his game to that player. It's going to fit that player so well. Again, I would much rather have Luca, but I'm just using him as, as a singular example of someone who is pigeonholed into one position. I don't think Shea is that way. 
I don't think Baisley's that way. I think Baisley can play you from the small forward position down to the center position. As we've seen the game go smaller down low, Baisley can play a small ball five, especially if he has muscle, which is what Billy Donovan has talked about this entire bubble period of, look, we want Baisley to play the five. We want Baisley to figure out to, how to spend some time in that five role as we did with Jeremy Grant. So Baisley's versatile. I think Dort's the only guy that can really only play in the perimeter. He can only, only play guard. He's built like a tank, so maybe with that effort defensively, he can you know maybe match up with some guys down low, but still, I think he's more of a perimeter player. So you have the flexibility that way. And then the biggest point of what we've talked about, if you don't want to tank, you have that flexibility too because you have 14 future first-round picks and you can create a package maybe for a disgruntled star. Maybe. Again, I don't know what team would, would select only picks, but with 14 of them, you can probably find a package for somebody that's disgruntled and wants out and, and will be traded to you. But it's interesting to think about, and I do think that that is a good comparison of Boston uh, trading KG and those guys to the, to the Nets. Uh, it's a good comparison here that either the, the Rockets or the Clippers can end up looking like the Nets. One last voicemail from the 310. Provost Dawson from Los Angeles, former OU student. So I love what you're talking about. Should the Thunder rebuild or uh, not rebuild? I think not rebuild. Uh, they have great assets. If Dort's really the future, we got a great player there. What I would do is move Chris Paul to one of three teams, move him to the Lakers for a package of Kyle Kuzma and a bunch of expiring contracts like a Rajon Rondo type. Either of those guys will stay for a year or we'll immediately cut them. But Kuzma is a key piece because he seems like a great um, 1A to Shea Gildas-Alexander or maybe a 2. Um, so, yeah, I think they'd be a good combo. Uh, another choice is send him to Philadelphia. And the Horford deal you talked about before, um, and everybody's always talked about Miami. And if for some reason Miami uh, loses the next round and they're struggling, try to do a deal with Miami for some of their um, young players, some of the draft picks. Uh, I don't think that'd be a bad move either, but I, my preference would be the Lakers for Kuzma. Seems like he's the best young player, kind of fits the Thunder timeline, and I think he'll be like Brandon Ingram, and we'll see him scoring over 20 points a game once he gets to the Thunder. So, yeah, I'd say definitely move Paul, and my second thought would be move Stephen Adams uh, wherever you can afterwards, if Anybody's looking for big men now. Um, he'd be a good piece to move. And then maybe go out and sign a Serge Ibaka for, you know, one-year deal or somebody like that just to have um, a serviceable center until the Thunder can uh, replace that position. All right, rock on Thunder. Love the podcast. And uh, I'm a regular listener to Locked On Thunder podcast, and I'm going to keep listening. All right, have a wonderful day now. Thanks. So your take about – Kyle Kuzma being the next Brandon Ingram, who is able to show growth, development. Again, Brandon Ingram wins the most improved player this year, his first year in New Orleans, away from that Lakers culture uh, and in an environment in which he can thrive in. I like that. I, I like thinking about Kyle Kuzma and what he can be somewhere else. Now, personally, uh, I have not bought in to the Kuzma hype. I didn't last year. I have not bought into it this year, and I'm not sure what the Lakers view him as moving forward. Uh, but I do think that for Chris Paul, if they wanted to bring him in there with his buddy LeBron, with AD, 
of course, they would move on from Kyle Kuzma, and they would have to move on from Kyle Kuzma. Uh, but I do like the outlook of he can grow, and, and he can be a Brandon Ingram-type player, who you look at right now, and maybe you're not sold on, but in a year's time, in a new environment, he can be a most improved player, he can be an all-star, he can be guys like that. And the question itself brings up a good point, is how far away is this Thunder team? Because I think everyone has conceded at this point uh, that their takes from August didn't make sense about the Thunder needing to give up assets for Chris, you know, to get rid of Chris Paul, needing to unload these draft picks just to get rid of Chris Paul's contract. It's not what's going to happen. They're going to get an asset back for, for Chris Paul. Is that going to be Kyle Kuzma? I don't know. Is it going to be a future pick? Probably. But they're going to get something back for Chris Paul. Your your larger point of this uh, being that how far away is this Thunder team? Because I think they can move Adams easily, in my opinion. Because, again, he's an expiring contract and people want that money off their books for the loaded 2021 free agency class. I mean, how many people now that Giannis is, is looking down the barrel of being out of the first, out of the second round uh, in five games at the hands of the Miami Heat? How many people now view themselves as a Miami? I mean, excuse me, as a, as a Giannis destination? You've got Miami, you've got Toronto, you've got Golden State, you've got Dallas, you've got teams like that that want to get in on the action uh, of Giannis Antetokounmpo, and they want to shed that contract money and that salary cap money heading into that season. And the best way to do that is have expiring contracts. And Dennis is one of those guys. Steven Adams is one of those guys. So it makes their value even higher than it is uh, ordinarily. So the Thunder are in a good spot. And that's why I've also said the rebuilds, if you rebuild and go full in for the rebuild, it's only going to take a couple of years. That's not because I think drafting is easy. That's not because I think that, that, that Sam Presti is going to go on a run of drafting three straight MVPs again. But you're still not done collecting the assets. You have not collected your whole treasure chest yet. You have not found all your treasures on the buried treasure map yet. You're still in asset collecting mode. And you've already got Shea, Baisley, and Dort. If you add Kyle Kuzma to that list, if you add a first-round draft pick this year to that list, if you add whoever you get in the lottery of 2021 and 2022 to that list, you've now got seven, hopefully, building blocks. Which is a pretty good start for a sport in which you only get 15 players. So the the tank, even if you go full in on the tank, I think only takes you a couple of years. I really like the position the Thunder are in. I really like it. And you made a a point I don't think many people are doing right now is what if they don't don't rebuild, but still move on from Chris Paul. I think that's a lot harder to project and a lot harder to, to do, uh, but it depends how teams around the NBA are going to value Chris Paul. The only thing we know for sure about teams valuing Chris Paul is the fact that we know they value him enough to get back in return, Oklahoma City will, some assets. Whether that's a first-round pick in the future, whether that is a, a player who's a flyer, like maybe a Josh Hart, something like that. They're going to get a piece back and a pick. The question is, how big is that piece? And you're going to have to match contracts. The Chris Paul trade is going to be a very interesting one. And in my opinion, you hear the message Chris Paul put out on Twitter, it sounds like the Chris Paul trade is coming when the season is over. And I can play that for you right now. Oh, man. 
Um, I, I just want to say a huge, huge thank you to Oklahoma City, the fans, um, everybody for the way that you guys welcome me back with open arms after starting my first two years in the city. Um, to the team, to Sam Presti, Billy Donovan, uh, the training staff, everybody, man, uh, and, and coming there. Obviously, a lot of people try to count us out, counted me out, and all I can say is I'll never forget it. Never forget it. 15 years, I've had an opportunity to play on some amazing teams, but uh, Sam, you were straight forward with me from day one. I don't know what the future holds, but what I can say is that this team – I think I made some connections and bonds with these guys that, that'll last a lifetime. Um, 2010-11, I got a chance to play with uh, a special team. Monty Williams was the head coach that year. And, you know, you play with some guys for one year, two years, you never know, and you, you make connections for a lifetime. So to Oklahoma City, I thank you guys. To Kobe, you behind the camera, Matt, everybody, everybody that made – uh, this experience, what it was. Uh, I hate that it ended as early as it did, but um, Oklahoma City will always have a special place in my heart. Um, nothing like it. And as y'all know, go Thunder, Thunder up. Peace and respect. So that'll do it for today's episode of Locked on Thunder. Went way too long today to make up for being off on Labor Day. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. If you want to get involved with these voicemail episodes moving forward, 405-362-7128, your number to call. Tomorrow, we'll talk about Dennis Schroeder and him getting snubbed for the Sixth Man of the Year Award. We're going to talk about the NBA postseason in general tomorrow. On Thursday, I will present the case to not tank if you're the Oklahoma City Thunder. And on Friday, we start to dive into this year's NBA draft class and so much more. Remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever it is you get your podcast. It's the only daily Thunder podcast. Every single day, you get a new episode. Thank you all. The support has been fantastic. Leave a five-star iTunes review with a question in and we will answer it. We will answer it on this very show, Locked on Thunder. I appreciate all of you listening. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.